Hello, you're listening to the C to Z of movies. My name's Colin. I'm the C. With me is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. I'm dying. <laughs> uh, that's that's a cheery thought, Colin. Yeah, as I was t- telling you earlier, if I don't hear from you suddenly in the middle of this podcast, I need to call the ambulance to your house in Bristol. I appreciate that. That's very good of you. Can um, you give me your address as well, by the way, just well, in case. Well, I live at number 23, and this is our 23rd episode. Coincidence? Not really, is it? Do you I purposely don't. fall sick on this day? That's right. Every 23rd episode, I'm going to be ill. That's how work. <laughs> just so you can quote your house number again. Exactly. Um <laughs> Today, Zijan and listeners, we're mostly talking about the film Logan. We're also going to talk about Hugh Jackman. We're going to do a quiz on the on the Oscars, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be drinking Lemsip. That's. Ah, Colin, this is hilarious. This is so funny. Uh, I can do most of the talking now without you interrupting. And oh, does Does this mean that in a quiz, when you cough, that counts as an answer? I'm going to cough all my answers in Morse code. That's how it's going to work. It's, <laughs> do you know Morse code? Uh, dash dot dash. Okay. What's that? C. <laughs> <laughs> I know S. Colin, you're sick. O and M. And I think that's it. So as long as all the answers and combination of those letters will be fine. So you can spell Moss. Moss. Exactly. Um, Let's do some news. Tell me some news, Asia. Uh The Oscars happened. I remember. Yeah, one and a half weeks ago. And uh, there was the whole debacle of La La Land winning, but not really winning Best Picture. That was uh, that was embarrassing, wasn't it? Yeah, but I don't think it was as embarrassing that, you know, there, was, there had to be such a big commotion of it, really. I mean, people make mistakes. And you know, not not on this show, Zijan. Not on this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't wait for Colin makes mistake segment again. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a. I've never made a mistake in quite in front of quite so many people. I think. Hmm. Yeah, but still, but still, like you, you see the kind of things that accountants are getting. I mean, their their home addresses are being sent to the public and all that. This is why uh, you shouldn't have accountants running these things. It should go to actuaries, that's what I say. Mm, and this is why you should not reveal the number of your house as well on a podcast to 50 people. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of roads with the number 23 on them. I'm, even in Bristol, I'm feeling safe. Yeah, in fact, we went, we, our podcast was recorded before the Oscars, but I think we went up um, after it happened. So if, if people were wondering why we didn't talk about it last time. Is it worth mentioning, Zijan, how many of the predictions I got right? No. It's from, not from our Oscar predictions segment. Hey, the thing is, is you still have no justification for some of them. You've not seen any of them, like the best supporting roles. Um, who? No, I haven't. That's right. But I still managed to predict them both correctly. Uh-huh. That's just how good I am. So well done for following the Golden Globe Awards. <laughs> they said it couldn't be done. Um, so I got I got best film wrong. But in fairness, who didn't? I didn't. I mean, even the presenters got it wrong. That's how. Uh, that's yeah. how. That's how tough it was. I said La La Land. They said La La Land. I just uh, didn't get the, the switch. Uh, and I got Best Actress wrong. And the other thing else. So, um, do you deserve like a pat on the back for that or something? I am pretty great. I'm, I'm but ha- you may just choke and keel over. I don't want that. Yeah, don't, don't hit my back. Um, <laughs> well, there you go. The Oscar's done for another year. I look forward to it. Every, every, mm. Lots of excitement next year. Um, hot off the presses... And and it should be said that we're recording this about a week before it's going going live, so it'll be uh, it won't be hot off the presses at all by the time we you, are recording you hear it. much earlier than normal, Colin. We are that's because we're that? both busy and important people, Zijan. Uh no. No You are a busy and important <laughs> person. I am you know, I'm just having a very lazy weekend. But no, you can't record that weekend. You no, have to record I, four I, days early. It's true, I'm going to Newcastle. I don't think they have the internet in Newcastle yet, so I couldn't record that. Oh. Half the press is Thor's hair. Have you seen Thor's hair? <laughs> I mean, there must be more news than this, right? <laughs> this is massive. His hair's all gone. Where's it all gone? His hair's all gone. What, what do you mean it's all gone? So there's a new picture or pictures from uh, Thor Ragnarok. And you'll remember Thor has luscious blonde locks down to his shoulders. Very it's, luscious locks, yeah. They're almost all gone. Very short hair. It's very strange. Is it for the film or yeah. is it for another film? No, it's it's for Thor. That's how he's going to look, apparently. Mm, maybe he gained telepathic powers. Yes. 
That's, that's how that works. I understand. <laughs> they, <laughs> didn't you see Age of Apocalypse? <coughs> Where he transfer his consciousness from Apocalypse, and then he gained telepathic. I phenomenon. did. I did. That's that's uh, <laughs> that's clearly what loses your hair. I think. I'm, how did Lex Luthor lose his hair? Um, oh, we went to prison. They cut it all off. That was, oh yeah. Maybe, maybe Thor's going to prison. Anyway, Guardian prison. That's right. So the, it's the it's the prisoner of Asgarden. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We know you're sick, Holly. You don't have to <laughs> emphasize it. Uh, but anyway, there's there's pictures of him. There's pictures of Tessa Thompson. There's Kate um, Blanchett looking very uncaped quantity. There's Jeff Goldblum with a silver line on his face. It's all looking very strange. Oh, I didn't know Jeff Goldblum was going to be in the film. Oh, maybe we discussed it. I'm sure. Yeah, I think we have. But I'd forgotten. So I think mm. he, he's playing someone's dad, I expect. Let's say, okay. um, I, I don't know who that would be. He's playing someone. There you go, half the presses. CDZ exclusive. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum is playing someone in the film. <laughs> uh, speaking of weird casting choices, it was, it was just announced that um, you know, David Hater, the screenwriter for X-Men, he um thinking of maybe casting Michael Jackson as Professor X. What? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. He was one of the potential options. And there, there were talks about Janet Jackson and Mar- Mariah Carey for Storm as well. I mean, and this I, is news. I can just about see... I mean, Mariah Carey's done a bit of acting, I suppose, but... She has in... Um, what's that film? Precious. Oh, Precious, yeah. And Glitter. Um, glitter is terrible. But Michael Jackson... I mean, in 2000, Michael Jackson was pretty... Over the edge, wasn't he? We'll see. I, maybe. <laughs> anyway, he's not. But, well, he, I mean, he'll be good to you know be a teacher of a school with lots of young kids. Anyway. Okay, let's move on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can edit that out, Carlos. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah. For the record, that was that was Zijan who said that. Um, <laughs> Are you a fan, Zijan, of David Harbour? Who? Exactly, but you might have seen Stranger Things. Yes. Uh, you might even have seen Green Hornet and Suicide Squad. Yes, and yes. Um, you probably haven't seen the newsroom, but he's in all of those things. He's the um, the main policeman chappy in Stranger Things, and he plays okay. uh, bad guys in Green Hornet and Suicide Squad, but apparently he's uh, in talks, or possibly being talked about, to play Cable in Deadpool 2. Ah, what? Cool. Who's Cable? What's all that about? Ah, do I know Cable very well? Um, I don't think I do. I know he's from the future. Okay. That's all I can say, really, because I, I don't really follow his comic books history that much, but I'm pretty sure he's Fair from enough. the future. Yeah, Do- but I may be wrong. He, he, um, does he drive a DeLorean and call it his Cable car? Is that... <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's a good joke. I think this <laughs> I think this cold is giving me pun based superpowers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, well he's I like he's I say he's in the newsroom, which is a great show. Um he's not Stranger Things is a good T V series as well. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very uh, on, on Netflix, very uh, Stephen Kingy, very eighties. Um, um speaking about more casting choices, um Margaret Robbie, who's also in Suicide Squad. Oh yes. Has just been cast as Maid Marion. Has she been cast? I, I had it in my list that she was uh, in talks. Is it? Is it? I think so. Well, maybe she's in talks. I'm not too sure. But it's a Robin Hood spin-off. It's not the, it's not the Robin Hood with uh, Taron Egerton and okay. Tim Minchin in. It's a brand new um, Robin Hood spin-off called Marion. And this will tell the story of Maid Marion after the death of Robin Hood. That's uh, that's a story that needs telling. Mm-hmm, definitely. Do you know that there are actually. 10 plans uh, or of Robin Hood story films coming up? No. Yeah, about 10. One of them is a sci-fi one as well. It's a futuristic Robin Hood. Does that include the Russell Crowe sequel? Uh, the one that no one wants to see? Yeah. Mm, no. Does it include so. uh, Green Arrow? Does he count? <laughs> uh, maybe? No, it doesn't count that. But there are actually 10 um, films uh, either in production, in talks, Oh, uh, you know, just crazy. People love Robin Hood. You know, all about taking from the poor, not taking from the poor, take, <laughs> taking, take from, the, taking from the rich and giving to the poor. 
Um, yeah, I'm not in favour of uh, of stealing from the rich. I think um, you need to have a representative democracy, not some sort of uh, vigilante. That's my view. Um, also, the <laughs> the um, definitive Robin Hood film has already been made. It's the Disney Robin Hood with the fox. It's oh, a great I thought film. it was the one with Kevin Costner. Ah, rubbish. I mean, first, I've not seen that one yet. But, what um, about the one, um, was it Prince of Thieves? No, that's a funny one. Men in Tights. Yeah, Men in Tights, that's the one. I'll be honest, I think I've only seen two Robin Hood films. It's the Russell Crowe one and it's the Disney one. So, um, I think I've not seen the Disney one. What? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> There's a Disney film that I've seen that you haven't. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's weird. This is so weird. Up is down. This is like Left the upside down. Right. It's like uh, Stranger Things. It's, it's weird. At least this could be season two of Stranger Things right here. Um, well, fair enough. Okay, I like Margot Robbie. If, if she wants to make a spin-off about me and Marion, who probably didn't do anything. I mean, in, in previous films, has she done anything other than just kind of hang around Robin Hood? Uh, yeah. No. Yeah, but we all like a new retelling anyway, don't we? Um, sure. In fact, yeah. as we record, Zijan, it's International Women's Day. Um, and what better day to celebrate a sidekick that no one wanted to see a film about? <laughs> so cynical Colin Cl- clearly being sick has not dampened a cynicism uh, no but speaking of reboots that no one really wants um, Tron might be being rebooted didn't they just reboot it recently well they I did might... a, they did a sequel that was at least five years ago I think maybe a bit more um, so they had Tron they had Tron Legacy which was say the sequel with a uh, um, aging down Jeff, what's his name? I always get my Jeffs mixed up. It's not Goldblum, it's not Daniels. Anyway, the the one who Jeff. played the big the big big Lebowski, that one. Okay. I, last time I said his name, I forgot him, and then I remembered it halfway through the podcast. Anyway, they're rebooting that apparently, and Jared Leto of Suicide Squad fame might be playing the lead. <sighs> Hollywood is running out of ideas. That's basically. Yeah. Have you seen Tron? Uh, I've seen the re- the sequel. Okay. Yeah, it's just a lot of um, neon lights. Jeff, Jeff Bridges. Um, it's all a, it's all a bit weird. It's, it looks pretty cool. At least the original one did. Mm. But there's not much of a story there. It just goes into a computer. That's has quite a, it really. Has a, has a pretty cool race on some bikes or some cars, depending on which one you're watching. And then yeah, just wanders around for a while. I think it feels very much like. The kind of film that would be made in the 70s or 80s when the computers are just arriving and everyone's very excited but no one really understands how they work. But now it just it seems very obsolete, doesn't it? It does. I don't think I'll be watching that one. Sorry, Jared. <laughs> Speaking about sequels that no one wants to watch, um, Simon Kimberg, who directed the very magnificent Fantastic, oh, yeah. uh, still wants to make another Fantastic Four film. I would watch that. Of course you will, Colin. You already bought their first DVD. You're already supporting them. I am. They're getting their money from me. Actually, I think I bought it secondhand, so they didn't get any money from me. But no, I think it's a great cast. Well, I'm a fan of pretty much every actor in in that lineup. I just if they had a if they had a, a consistent script that wasn't kind of half of one thing and half another thing mashed together, it could have been okay. But apparently, Toby Cabell, who played Doctor Doom, will not be returning. He's made it very clear. So, we need okay. a new Doctor Doom? Nah, we don't need a Doctor Doom. We have too many Doctor Dooms in all the Fantastic Four films, really. Yeah, pick another villain. Um, but if I, I, I read something the other days, and most of the, I think all the cast, maybe Michael was that Miles Teller and Kate Mara both said they would happily come back. Once bitten, twice not really shy. Yeah, exactly. That's the tagline for uh, Fantastic Four 2. <laughs> Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep, Steven Spielberg... Apparently, he might be making a film called The Post uh, about the Pentagon Papers, oh. and I, I couldn't be bothered to research too much what that was. <laughs> That's great news, um, Colin. So they're going to be in a film. They're going to be in a film. It sounds like it. It's good because you know Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep, Steven Spielberg, and it's about I say it's about the Washington Post, I think. And uh, I like I like movies about journalism. Well, good ones, but I like yeah things like Spotlight or the Paper or yeah all the President's Men stuff like that. I think. It, it's a good, uh, good dynamic. So, um, Pentagon Papers was some sort of terrible American government thing back in the days when those were rare. Um, so I'm sure that will be a, be a good. That, that's still a while though, isn't it? Because I, I imagine Steel Spill is wrapping up production on Zero Player One. Oh yeah, one. 
So, isn't, it Red, isn't it Ready Player One? Oh, yeah, Ready Player One, that's correct. Yeah, and it should be out either this year or next year. So this the post. Um, yeah, this is a long, long way off. Long um, way down the line, yeah. Speaking of something more recent. By recent, do you mean soon? <laughs> soon, maybe. Yeah, uh, okay. The, the plot for Mary Poppins Returns have, uh, has been released. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's, uh, you know Michael and Jane? Yes. The original Banks kids. They are not all grown up now. And Michael is played by Ben Rishaw. Okay. And Jane is played by Emily Mortimer. And now really? Michael has three kids and they're living on Cherry Tree Lane. Ah. And apparently Michael suffers a personal loss. And now oh, no. Mary Poppins comes back into the lives of the Banks family. Ah. I've seen the uh, the picture of, uh, of Emily Blunt. She looks good, character. doesn't she? Uh yeah yeah no it's uh I mean I guess I guess they'd make sure she did for the uh, publicity shot but uh, <laughs> yeah um yes the, I mean this when's this film coming out is it next year is I it I think or? it's next year yeah because it's been a very slow drip of of casting choices um but uh, yeah sounds sounds enthr- enthralling <laughs> yeah and there's there's a picture of uh, Lin Manuel Miranda as well. Oh, so he's doing the music? Yeah, he's doing the music and he's actually a chimney sweep as well. He plays a chimney sweep. You know, I've not seen Hamilton. Um, but you've but heard I, of Hamilton. I've heard of Hamilton. I can't help but feel this whole Lin-Manuel Miranda thing is going uh, to be a bubble. Everyone's very, very excited about him now. I can just see in a couple of years' time, they'll be like, Lin-Manuel who? What? Have you not? <sighs> it's, it's a... I, I think it. I mean, without knowing anything about exactly, it, yeah, exactly. Literally, literally, I haven't even heard one of the songs. But here's my solid gold prediction. Oh my! By by, by two years' time, he'll be past it. He'll You're just over. predicting the downfall of someone's career. That's that's that's. It's quite mean. It is a bit. I'm not saying I want it to happen. I'm just saying here at the the cutting edge, the cut and thrust. You can't can't be uh, can't be nice to everyone in this business season. Sometimes you've got to make the hard calls. Well, I am actually I actually got two tickets to watch Hamilton next year. So I'm okay. I'm gonna feel this Lin Manuel Miranda <laughs> hype as much as I can. We're um we've got tickets to see uh, Harry Potter next year, haven't we, Zijan? Yes we do. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which took us ages to get the tickets. And we finally did. got through the bloody booking system. <laughs> yes. Oh, it took all the, in fact it took two days. Um and that's just won lots of awards or being nominated for lots of awards or something. So, quite a theatrical year for you next year. Mm. Maybe maybe we could record a live podcast. What? Right, while the, watching in, in the theatre? Yeah. I don't think that's allowed. I think that's frowned upon by certain most people. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, that's all the news I got. And some of the news I got as well. Perfect timing. Awesome. I'll tell you what, let's let's uh, let's talk about Logan. Da-da-dang. Logan, Logan, Logan. Um, there you go. Um, we'll do this the same way. We always do it. We'll talk non-spoilers. Yeah. At some point, we'll say the word spoilers a lot. Zishan might make up a jingle, and we'll talk spoilers for a bit. If I remember, <laughs> I'll put it all in the time code. <laughs> I probably won't remember. No, you won't. Who, who knows? I've checked. I uh, <laughs> Sometimes I remember. Um, and then by the end of that, you'll have heard all our thoughts on Logan, and we'll move on. So, did you like Logan? Yes, I did. I think it's probably my favorite film from the whole X Men franchise. A controversial stance. Yes, um, yes, a controversial stance. I, uh, I thought it was very well acted. I thought it was very well produced, and I thought the story was great. And I think you may not like the violence in it because it was pretty bloody. <laughs> see, I don't. Um. I don't mind the violence. Oh, did you it, not? Oh, wow. I, Colin. I th- I think it had... Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I'm not a massive fan of blood and stuff, but I think it really had its place. It kind of That's the film. That's that's the story they were telling. Which probably... For anyone who doesn't know, I'm not sure why you'll listen to this if you don't, but uh, Logan is a spin-off from the X-Men. It's based on Wolverine, who's also known as Logan, who's also known as James... James Howlett? James Howlett. Howlett. Um, yeah, so this is a spin-off set many years after... Well, some years after... Uh, the events of the previous X-Men films, albeit it, the, it doesn't really bear much continuity with a lot of the other ones, does it? No, but, I think that helps this film, though. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, the, so the violence, I mean, this is not your family-friendly, bring your kids along 
by the lunchbox X-Men film, is Definitely it? not. <laughs> there were a lot of um, beheadings. Yeah, so so Wolverine, he's got adamantium claws, so he stabs people. He's, he's stabbed people a lot before. Um, but not in this but way, though. But no, when he stabbed them, they've, they've turned it to be kind of fairly bloodless or it's been off screen or something. Whereas this one, like, straight from the first scene, his claws are going straight through someone's head. <laughs> you kind of see it come out the other end or you see it through the mouth and... There's, there's no messing around. I think the bit that really hit home to me how, how bloody it was. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think this is a spoiler, but there's, there's one point where someone freezes someone's arm, like yes, and kind of, um, and then smashes the ice, and you even get blood there. And I think, yep. well, they're really paying attention to the detail here because we've seen lots of things frozen before, and, and we've never seen any blood in that. So, it's... <laughs> well, to be to be fair though, for if if you have a mutant with pretty much. You know, who has swords on his hands? Hmm. If he's going to fight, it would look up, look like something like this, really. Yeah, and I think obviously it's not a realistic story because it's got a guy with adamantium claws, but it was, yeah, it played far more realistically than than many. Uh, and it's, yeah, I, I've of the X Men films, so this is the ninth X Men film, if you or, or tenth, if, if you, you don't count, count the Devil. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I reckon four of them before this have been very good. Uh, X1, X2, First Class and Days of Future Past. And, and the other four pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Where do you put this? This is definitely in the good pile. Yeah. Um, I find it difficult to say it's my favourite. I, I think because it's, it's quite a different film, so I like it in a different way. It's, 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 I, was, I guess it's comparing uh, Apples and Oranges to a certain extent. This, this plays more like a... Well, kind of like a, well, like a Western, so they make reference to the film Shane. In fact, they show a clip from the film Shane, which I must admit I've not seen, but that, that, that was kind of... I think to emphasise, yeah, this is like a, yeah, a lone gun- gunman almost on the on the edge of town. Hmm. Have you ever seen the film Unforgiven? Uh, no. That's very good, but that's, that's Clint Eastwood as kind of a an old gunfighter who's, who's back for one last kill. In the this, they, 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 the director said he's inspired by Unforgiven in this, and I can I can definitely see that. Hmm. Well, I, I I agree with the tone. I think it's a complete tonal change from um, all the previous X Men films, and. Uh, to be fair, though, it's also a huge change from most superhero films as well. I mean, yeah. it's a more intimate uh, mm. performance. It's a more intimate story. And I think um, what helped this a lot more, and in my opinion, why I like this a lot, was because there are only three main characters in this. And all the oh. other previous X-Men films, you had a huge ensemble. And the problem with having a huge ensemble of characters is that there will be some characters which will be left behind whose stories will not be very well developed. Whereas yeah. in this film, you have three, which is um, uh, Logan, and you have uh, Professor X, played by Patrick Stewart, and you have um, X-23, who is the little girl, played by Daphne Keen. Mm. And all three of their stories were very, very well developed. And I think um, that that's one of the reasons why I love this film so much. Yeah, because I, I think you're right. It, it is so different to any other superhero film I've ever seen. And... Um, and I really applaud that, and not just because it's gritty and violent, which, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, and, and yet yeah, it's R-rated in America, it's 15-rated over here. I, I don't think the film has to be violent and or even really realistic, but it's just nice that they're doing something different. And and, and I really hope that catches on. Like, whether, yeah, you might decide to, yeah, don't play like a Western, but, yeah, play it like as a disaster movie or, or romantic comedy or, or something, just don't... The, all, all the X-Men films, to a certain extent, apart from maybe Origins, uh, have had a fairly similar tone. Surely it's all about the bromance of Professor X and Magneto, or the previous X-Men films. Well, well exactly. That's, uh, that, that plays throughout. And I think X-Men films actually are more... So t- tend to have been quite more um, intellectual in some ways. Uh, people might laugh at that, but I guess they, they have tried to examine the, kind of the, the differences between mutants and humans and how people respond to that, and it's not just... Let's gang up on the bad guy, but uh, they kind of almost set the blueprint back in two thousand for the kind of the modern superhero film. I think Cause there weren't really any superhero films um, between Batman and that. Well, like, didn't Spider Man come out before that, or am I wrong? I, I think Spider Man was two thousand one. Um, oh, okay, so X Men came out before that. Yes, in fact, Spider Man was just after because one of the early trailers had the um, had the two towers in, it and they had to take it out. They had to remove the trailer. So that would be uh, late 2001. This came out 2000. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think there's, there's been great acting in superhero films before. 
whether yep. it's Keith Ledger or Andrew Garfield or um, even some like Christopher Reeve back in the day was was pretty great. But I think if you look at the first X Men film, I think there's Hugh Jackman, Anna Paquin, uh, Patrick Stewart, they're all great in that. But yeah, you're right, nothing as intimate um, or as involving as this. Um, mm. Not least partly because we've seen these guys for 17 years, I guess. <laughs> well, um, Hugh Jackman we have seen for quite a long time. And to be fair though, um, Wolverine is his character. He's, he's made Wolverine his own. Yeah. And it, 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 show, it shows a lot that, you know, um, he, he's very willing to, you know, continue on with this character and, and make it his own. And and I think, you know, th- this film um, cl- clearly shows, you know, how how nuanced this character could be. And yeah. I think he showed a lot more dimensions than he probably did in his previous films. Yeah, so I think we, we got quite a lot of, of from him in the first couple. But um, yeah, as you say, because there's so many characters, I always felt someone like Storm never really got developed at all. Cyclops didn't come. Yeah, I mean, that was, which is a real waste. But um, yeah, so Patrick Stewart, I mean, he's he's obviously... Uh, what is it, Knight of the Realm? He's, he's, I think he's he's past muster. He knows what he's doing. So but it's, yeah, yeah. This is good. Good to see him really have an opportunity to do more with that character than he has before. Mm, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Although he was really rude <laughs> in some bits, I was I was pleasantly yes. surprised. Yes, there was plenty of swearing uh, as well. <laughs> um, what do you think about Stephen Merchant as as Caliban? Um. It was okay, actually. There was another Caliban, wasn't there, in the Age of Apocalypse? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's just called Apocalypse rather than Age of Apocalypse. Oh, yeah, yeah Apocalypse yeah. film, yeah. There was. He was German. <laughs> he was German, yeah. Um, yeah, he he was he was decent. He didn't have a lot of um, screen time, so I, I couldn't really latch on much to him, really. Um, no, I thought he is his first dramatic role, I think. And he He's fairly well known over here. Like he's... Bristolian, very well, Southwest at least, fairly thick accent, always playing comedy. He, was, he co-wrote The Office. He's, he's he was an extras, and he was playing this so straight. I just felt I thought he was fine, but he did feel like he was restraining himself the whole time. Mm. But, so I mean, because he's he's very tall and has got big eyes, he was he was good for the part, but he didn't have much chance to develop mm, as no. some of the others. I thought. And what about X twenty three? Yeah, I. So again, not not spoilers, but um, she's mute for quite a long time. Yes, and I, I I found that a little bit odd. I think, but I think she's quite expressive though. Her face is very expressive. Yeah, no, I, I probably shouldn't have started the criticism because I thought she was she was great and and oh. a good addition. And you never know when you're casting a kid here whether it's going to play or not. But uh, be another Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, no, I think she she more than. More than held her own, mm. so it was. It's one of the things that they kept asking her questions that she didn't answer, which I always found quite an annoying way of prolonging storyline. But um, but you kind of got to understand why that was. Mm, yeah, I agree with that. And she played the violence very well. So uh, again, this isn't spoilers; it's in all the trailers, isn't it? But that she's um very similar to Wolverine. She's kind of got the the, the claws coming out and all this. Um, mm. I, I agree. I agree with that. I think she gave a very matured perf- matured performance for her age. Hmm. And I mean, especially at the emotional bits as well. I think she, you know, she she has a a very unique look. I would say, like it's a mix between you know, creepy, mysterious, very enigmatic look. I think which lends to her character well as well. Yeah, I liked her. I liked her a lot. I thought she, I thought she was great. Um, and nowadays there's so many good child actors now. Like in Stranger Things, I love the child actors there as well. I thought they were really great. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I I couldn't see. So there was some talk beforehand that maybe they were trying to prepare a, a spin-off with her in the lead. I'm, I'm not sure that would work. I don't, not least because she doesn't speak much English, but uh, it, it doesn't necessarily feel like that. In fact, I think it's one of the great things about this film is that they weren't trying to prolong a franchise. It wasn't set up. Well, I didn't feel like it was set up to say what's happening next. And that's been quite damaging to a few films, obviously Batman, Superman, and um, Age of Ultron, sort of like where, where there's so many plot lines they're trying to set up and yeah kind of everything like, is just exposition for a future film and yeah that was uh, what you really got from us James Mangold the director he, he also directed The Wolverine I think but um, clearly he had a vision and they let him do what he wanted to do with it mm. and and yeah, it looks like Fox kind of I don't know how much involvement they had I'm sure they had quite a lot because no studios could have just let him do exactly what he wants but uh, it felt like saying okay you want to tell a story with these 
yeah, these three characters. And it doesn't necessarily need to tie in with our existing X Men universe. It doesn't definitely doesn't need to lead to a TV series or a film or things. So I just do your thing, and uh, that was really refreshing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about the villain? Which one? Um, <laughs> Donald Pierce, I guess. Let's start with him, played by Boyd Holbrook. Why did he have a metal hand? That was my main takeaway. <laughs> I think quite a lot, quite a few people um, had metal hands, didn't they? Like, I don't think he was the only one. Was he not? Maybe, maybe because he was part of the Reavers, wasn't he, or the leader of the Reavers? Yeah, he was. He's the leader of the Reavers. Uh, he's in the comic books. He's like half cyborg and all that as well. Okay, that's why. Can't be all. Yeah. Um, I bet. Yeah, but if I was half, half cyborg, I wouldn't have this problem with my voice. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you always have to bring yeah. back to your sickness, Colin. Just I always have to come back to my non not being a cyborg. <laughs> I blame my parents. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, he was fine. I think, as you, as you say, this wasn't really about him, was it? No. He wasn't. Um, he did his job. He, he wasn't massively memorable. No, he served yeah. as the antagonist, and that was it. I think I thought it was a bit too small me a bit as well, which got on my nerves. Yeah, I mean, he, he could have been in any film, I think. Yes. Um, Richard E. Grant, I liked. He's uh, another classic British actor. What do you think about the uh, the CGI? Was there much CGI? I'm trying to think. Well, the pro- that's the thing. I, I think there wasn't masses. The, the only thing I was going to say is some of the early scenes where she was, the little girl was flipping around killing people. Yeah. yeah. The the CGI didn't look great to me there. I mean, it's not, not embarrassing. It's just kind of clearly a lower budget than some of these things. No, I, 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 I didn't notice it much really. So uh, so I, I guess it passed my standards. <laughs> that's good enough. Man. That's good enough. Um that's probably all I want to say outside of spoilers. Yeah, me too, actually. So let's go. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. Colin can't say it because he's sick. Yeah, I'm tapping the Morse code for spoilers. <laughs> or, or something else, possibly. <laughs> you Who only knows? know uh, SOM, right? So there you go, SOM. Uh, yeah, I'll just say SOM. It stands for spoilers of movies. That's what that there is. you go. <laughs> so, so Wolverine, Logan, was, was very um, underpowered. Basically dying. Uh, what did you think to that? Uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a plot move. Well, I'm not too sure how far in the future this is. Um, so twenty twenty nine is what twenty twenty nine, and yeah, uh, I, I I think it gave, as I say, a, a new dimension to the warring character. He's yeah. always been invulnerable, and you know, being invulnerable, it's it is it looks good on on film, but it gets very boring when you know someone just can't die. There's yeah. no sticks involved, yeah. and now that he's like aging and he's um you know slowly dying, it gives a lot more vulnerability to him, and it makes him more relatable to the audience. I think. Yeah, and you're right. It even helps the story, doesn't it? So I used to watch the um, the New Adventures of Superman, which was called Lois and Clark uh, in America, uh, called New Adventures of Superman over here with Dean Cain and Terry Hatcher. That's right, and half the time he kind of lost his powers because for for that episode or else because. What else do you do with him? And I guess it's the same with the Flash or the Supergirl or else. You, yeah, half the time you've got to say, oh, he's lost his powers this week because otherwise, yeah, you can just do anything. And it, yeah, it was nice to kind of see. Obviously, this guy is still more or less unkillable. Not quite unkillable, but more or less. But he kind of takes a long time to recover. Mm-hmm. So if, if five guys are beating him up with a with a crowbar... You've probably hurt a lot. Yeah, he's not just slashed to him. So yeah, I think it fit with the, the character as well. Wasn't it? He was kind of very clearly bone-weary he just one thing about about this film is that there weren't any of the other mutants other than Professor X and Logan and Caliban of course but kind of the, the ones we knew from previous films so we didn't get to see Storm or Rogue or Magneto or Beast or Jean Grey or Cyclops and by and large I think that was a good idea and we, we got in the one scene kind of we, we discovered that Professor X had accidentally killed a lot of mutants so so it was Professor X who killed them. Yeah, well, I think they said seven mutants died. Um, so I guess we're supposed to think that basically every mutant that we know was in was killed in that. Yeah, that makes sense, though. Yeah, and he is really, really powerful. Um, and yeah. And if he wants to, if he if he just loses it, I can imagine many people dying. Because, yeah, I mean, maybe not Jean Grey, who's kind of got the same powers, but more so. But uh, I did wonder whether there was going to be like one person left over. Whether it was a Jean Grey or whether it was a, uh, I don't know, Iceman or, or whoever it was, kind of one person who's left to, to carry on the good work, but apparently, apparently not. 
Um, That's quite sad though, but well, it works for the film. Yeah. And I guess the other thing is that the film doesn't really tie in with any other X-Men film. There's some hints at it. So you've got him talking about the Statue of Liberty, which is the first one. Yes. But, I mean, this this whole thing is like five years after the end of Days of Future Past, I think. And I don't think it's really supposed to be five years later in in film chronology. No, I think it's great that they make us draw our own conclusions anyway from what was supposed to happen rather than just, you know, feed. Yeah, information. I agree. Which doesn't add to the film. I agree. Either. I think yeah, the ambiguity was was a strength, but perhaps they could have. I mean, what one or two things like I, if he'd made me name some of them, he doesn't have to say this is exactly how it happened. This time people died, but if there'd been a scene where he was trying to talk to Magneto or, or, or remembering Magneto or something like that, not what's his name, the actual character, the character's name, Eric. Oh, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that would have maybe been a. That would have worked, I think. But maybe they're trying to make it not too confusing for uh, new t- new new viewers. But... Mm. Well, it's not like Eric would be in the X Mansion anyway. Well, yeah. So, because so, the other thing I was thinking, well, if he's not in X Mansion, where are they? Have they all? Oh. But uh, yeah. Although I think I was listening to um, another podcast which was pointed this out, but they, they say in the film that no mutants have been born for twenty five years, and obviously at the end of Days of Future Past there are like teenage mutants, so. Ninja, Ninja Turtles, Turtles yeah. <laughs> so clearly, it's not the same universe, but that, that's fine. We kind of we know who these characters are. We don't need it to be tying up exactly, do we? Mm. I, I think that's okay. I think it works for the film. Really, I mean, it doesn't need that. Mm. Have you ever seen? Uh, you ever seen Children of Men? Uh, no, are we just going to quote many films that I've not seen before? That's the plan. Um, you should watch that. It's very good. It's directed by um, oh, the guy uh, Alfonso Cuarón. Uh, yep. But, but the, the idea of that film is that no one's been able to have any children for yeah, something like 20, 25 years. Um, and it reminded me, this, this film reminded me of that quite a lot in, in some ways. So things like where um, when Professor X and, and, and Logan were, were holed up, um, kind of um, trying to escape from the mob, there's this quite a similar scene in, in Children of Men. And the, kind of the idea that you, there haven't been any mutants for 25 years. And, and now there's some new ones coming because the idea of children of men is is someone is pregnant, and this is the first child who's been born for that long. So that, and cinematography was quite similar as well. So um, I think that might be another another inspiration. For inspiration, it. yeah. Hmm. Oh yeah, I've not, I've not seen that film before, but it does sound like yeah. it does sound like Logan. That's worth watching, actually. Yeah, mm. cool. I'll be on my list. There you go. Did you cry, Zijan? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Uh, my eyes welled up right at the end. How can you? How whoever who doesn't have their eyes welled up while <laughs> tearing at the end is heartless and but has see, no soul. See, the thing is, I, I I routinely cry in movies. I I rarely make it through a movie without crying, but I I didn't in this one. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It didn't. It didn't really have the same emotional the emotional weight I thought it might do for me. What? Which yeah, maybe I, maybe I'm just heartless. Maybe I was just uncomfortable in the cinema. I don't know. Um, <laughs> But were you watching with someone, anyone else? Uh, well, I, mean, I wasn't alone in this in the screen. Um, ah, uh, no, I was tucked away in the corner somewhere. But, uh, Fair enough. So, what happened in the end? They all died. Everyone died apart from. Apart from X twenty three, in fact, all, and the kids. Most of the kids lived, didn't they? But, uh, yeah, all the kids lived. But yeah, it, it reminded me of Rogue One a bit with the. Spoilers for Rogue One. Um, with, with <laughs> we didn't mention this earlier. No. In uh, case you haven't watched Rogue One, Colin just spoiled it for you. Yep. They all die. They all die. Uh, I'm sorry about that. No, you should have watched it by now. It's been out for months. Um, the Yeah, so, and, and it was, I think I kind of wasn't terribly surprised by some of the deaths, but others of them either happened sooner than I thought or, uh, or I wasn't expecting them at all. So things like Richard E. Grant's character, Mm. I was kind of expecting him to take over as the main villain, and it was going to be a huge, um, not a maybe a, not not a kind of hand like fist battle or anything. I suppose some kind of big speech about the development of mutants, and it was going to be a all this thing, and then he just just gets shot out of nowhere, and uh, yeah, yep. Ca- Caliban basically just kills himself and on those rounds, doesn't he? And uh, the guy with the hand, boy, the we, guy with the hand, he was. Basically killed by all the little kids. Yeah. Who, which I have a little bone to pick by. You know, these kids were supposed to be trained as killers. Yeah. They did a lot of running away, didn't they? 
But yes, screaming. I was thinking that, but I think that's kind of the whole point, isn't it? So they're being trained as killers and they rebelled because they, they didn't want to be killers. So I guess it kind of makes sense that they... And then they end up killing someone. I mean, they do, they do some killing. And we've all done some killing. Um, Have we really, Colin? Have we? Now is not the is time. It? Now is not the time to incriminate myself on a podcast. Um, <laughs> do I need to call the emergency services for different reasons? I think your previous reference to finding emergency services was, was, uh, was unnecessary. This one... Probably also unnecessary. <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> they can't provide it. I think, um, yeah, and uh, and so um, Professor X. I think we kind of expected him to die just because he was clearly dying throughout the entire film. Although we didn't he necessarily was. expect him to be killed in the way he was. Um, oh, but I did like his um, monologue before he died. I thought that was very sweet. Yeah, and so yes, yeah, so he's lying on the bed. He's more like to to Logan, and it turns out. And then Logan kills him, and it turns out it's not Logan after all. It's, yeah, it's uh, another clone. X twenty four. Did you see that coming? Uh, no, I didn't. Um, and X twenty four does not exist in the comics as well, so that's okay. quite new. So X twenty four, well, not basically, it is a direct clone of of Wolverine. Uh, unlike X twenty three is a clone of Wolverine, but is actually a small girl. This is actually a proper Hugh Jackman acting two roles kind of clone, um, which I thought was good. It was because I was. I was watching this thing and this is good this is kind of low level gritty stuff I hope they don't have a big CGI monster in the end hmm. so having him yeah, fight him, no having him fight himself kind of fit neatly rather than those. Yeah, it's it kind of fits um, Logan's narrative right from the beginning right I mean he was always against being an X-Man he was always against you know right, right at the beginning he was always against yeah. being you know part of the team and yeah him fighting himself I guess is a fitting end hmm. and it makes he's, he's fighting like the best of himself like basically his I'm not sure if they CGI'd him to look a bit younger or whether they just... It felt like they'd done a little bit, but not much. It wasn't like full-on, let's make him look 20 years younger kind of thing. Hugh Jammer isn't at all either, though. He's not, but I mean, I guess the whole point was he, he's supposed to be looking older than he is in this film. And he's, he's supposed to be kind of worn out, dying, effectively, and fighting against a clone of himself at his peak. So basically, his, his X1 version, I guess. Um, mm. But yeah, that... that that would well, and it made sense that basically he, the, the other guy was much too strong for him, and if he hadn't been helped out, he probably would have been uh, killed quite easily. So, did did you think they were going to kill him off, Logan? Uh no, I think. I mean, so I think I entered this film with very low expectations to begin with because okay. um, I've heard bad reviews for. Um, no, I've not seen the previous films, but I know they weren't great. Um. So, I mean, I came into this film with a lot of trepidation, and um, but I was very pleasantly surprised. And I was hoping that he didn't die, but I mm. think his death made a better ending, and I think it's mm. more suited for him. It certainly fit this film better than it. Because I, I, I thought they might do the kind of he's the new professor um, once they get escape into Canada. Um, which is kind of what they've done, in, like even at the end of X One, wasn't it? He became a he became a teacher there. Mm. So um, that would have been a bit of a cheesy ending, I guess. But it would be quite yeah. I would. I don't think I would like that as much. I think, I think this was fitting. But in terms of emotional heft, I, I guess because this film is so different. I, I know it's the same characters we've seen before, but if it, and and it, to a certain extent they were true to the characters. But because the the whole tone of the film is so different to anything else, I wasn't kind of thinking. This is the same character as X one, X two, X three, Wolverine Origin. Or, the, oh, do you know? I, I, I mean, I, he, I know he was, and, and I, yeah, I got. I'm not saying I'm not denying that, but I, I guess it didn't seem to have all the baggage of those films. So I was kind of it was sad in the terms of this film, but I wasn't thinking, oh yeah, and this is the guy who was who was kind of uh, friends with Rogue, and this is the guy who went back through time. So hmm. maybe maybe others were. Maybe that's why it had more of a an impact for others. Well, I was weeping at his death. Well, there you go. Must, must have had a big impact for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, it hit me emotionally uh, when it shouldn't have done. Um, any things that you did not like about the film? Um, so, I've written here, second act dragged a little. I agree with that. Yeah. So, I think I'm being a... It's a little harsh, maybe, but... um, Yeah, there were bits I thought, where is this really going? And maybe they could have taken a few... I mean, it's, it's quite a long film, isn't it? It's like two hours, 12 or something like that. And they, mm. they probably could, they probably could have lost five to ten minutes um, in the middle. Yeah, of that. I think they wanted to just give mm. more, you know, emotional background for mm. him and X twenty three really, so that you know you 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 feel that they're going through a 
a journey yeah. together. I, I agree with it being too long though. There are some bits which I think they could cut. Like I think the hotel scene they could have cut because I don't think it added much. Um, so I I thought well the the, the bit where she and, and, and like the girl and Logan are, are kind of clawing their way through to stop Professor X from getting everyone. That's that's no hotel, isn't it? I thought that was um that was a pretty strong bit to be honest. Mm. So yeah, so, so Professor X is it, it was a good callback, I guess, because he's you see a few times in the previous films, the X two and others, he kind of pauses everyone like everyone is, is motionless apart from the X Men. And it's kind yeah. of the same thing, but he's not doing it deliberately and, and people might die. So I thought, yeah, some, some of the casino stuff could have been cut. And yeah, there are a few scenes of uh, just him wandering around plantations, not plantations, yards, um, <laughs> that, that could have been shortened a bit. I, I like the stuff when when they got taken in by that, that family. Um, uh, I like that too, but I thought they didn't need the bit where the other farmers come by. Yeah, I agree with that, yeah. Um, and fix the water supply, because that, that was... Um, Pointless. Yeah, so so apparently, so I've not, as I say, I've not seen Shane, but that scene apparently is very similar to a scene in Shane. So I think that maybe that was put in just for the parallels. But yeah, that that was a kind of all. All you need is the family takes him in and is kind and gets killed for it, and that yeah, that's the story, that, that isn't it? Be, yeah, exactly. Um, so there's one bit I actually thought worked. I was, it's it's kind of it was almost unbearably cheesy and it was almost quite offensive, but. I think managed just to step the right lines of those, um, which is when he's so he's dead and buried, and he's got the little cross next to the grave, and the girl goes back ah. and turns it into an X. Oh. I was thinking, oh, the feels, Colin, the feels. <laughs> sure, and, and I was thinking, okay, oh. describe that to someone, and it sounds terrible, but I think you've earned it. I think it works. Yeah, yes. I think I, th- I think you definitely earned it. The film definitely earned that. Um, yeah, I, that was well done. <laughs> oh, it's so sad. I'm gonna cry again. <laughs> So, uh, so I think we agree this is, this is a good film. In fact, the, the, the Times described it as a, uh, a significant work of movie genius, which uh, I wouldn't go that far. But uh, I think I think it shows that superhero films can work as a very grounded film, and you know, it, it shows that you know you can do a superhero yeah. film without having to resort to the same formula. Yeah, and I think the great thing is it's it's a director who clearly loves his character. It's an actor who definitely loves his character. He's been playing it for. 17 years and they want to tell a story and they tell it and the, the the studio didn't need to put out another Wolverine film it wasn't part of a master plan it's just kind of this guy wants to tell a story and I think when you look at particularly uh, well, even Marvel but DC as well they're like okay right we need to have this Doctor Strange film or we need to have this Aquaman film and you think the people involved in making this probably don't love this character they mm. just need to make a film on this date and they get it, paid for it yeah so I, I started watching Doctor Strange again and it's and it's fine but when you watch it after watching Logan, you think, yeah, everyone who made Logan loved making that film and wanted to make the best film they can. Mm. The people making Doctor Strange, I'm sure they enjoyed it and, and, and I'm sure they had respect for it. But that's not a landmark film. That's kind of a stepping stone film almost. Whereas I think Logan will be remembered as a kind of a, a fairly landmark film in, in terms of superhero films at least. Agreed. Yeah, I think so. I, 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 I hope this... Yeah, I hope this changes the superhero genre for the better. Yeah, and I don't. What I don't want to do now is like twenty clones of this, where they everyone makes <laughs> really, really, really violent things. I think just just take a character you like and, and make. A, yeah, if you want to do a road trip film uh, with Ant Man in it, or if you, if you want to do um, Black Widow as a kind of uh, undercover spy mission or something, just just do, which I think is what Joss Whedon was talking about doing actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it. Doesn't have to be the world is going to end, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a huge CGI monster pops up. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, Brian Singer. I think, yeah, say X Men One and Two and Days of Future Past. I think are great films, and I'm, I'm a fan of Brian Singer. But he, having done made Apocalypse, he must watch this and think, what, what was I doing? <laughs> what was going? On? Right. Okay. All right then. Great film. Logan. Great film. Speaking of Logan, it's Actor Factor. Who was who's Actor Factor today, Zijan? Our good old Logan himself, Hugh Jackman. I've seen so many of his films, actually. One, two, three, four, five, six. Fourteen. How many films have you seen if you exclude the X-Men ones? Uh, <laughs> four, two, three, four, five, six. Eight. Really? Because I've seen nine of his X-Men films, but uh, but maybe not counting the cameos. Lead us off, Jan. Lead us off. Okay, so... um. 
I think he was most well known for no. I mean he he got his first shot of fame from the X-Men films really. I yeah. mean no one knew who Hugh Jackman was before then. I think he was quite big in Australia. He was um he's a good singer. Yep. Um and still very well known for his singing voice. Um and he only got his you know, proper first shot at stardom at Wolverine. And so I would like to talk about other films that he is in. And I think he's a good actor. I mean, he has he has his certain bits. And I think the one I would like to talk about first is uh, Lemmy's Rap. Yeah. Where she was nominated for an Oscar for yeah. Best Actor. I think he won the Golden Globe as well. For IB for Best Musical Slash Comedy, I guess. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's it. So he plays Jean Valjean uh, in Lemmy's Rap. I'm not pronouncing this right. I'm pretty sure all my French listeners are, <laughs> will yeah, be correcting me we've, now. We've got a, a Malaysian and, and an Englishman trying to pronounce French. <laughs> trying, trying to pronounce Les that. Miserable. Uh, miserable. Spot, spot on. <laughs> on you now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Colin. I've been practicing. Uh, <laughs> so he plays Jean Valjean, which is um, the escaped convict uh, of La Miserable. And we all know that Hugh German is um, a very good singer. But I thought yeah. his voice didn't really fit well to um, Jean Valjean. Okay. I think in the musical, um, Jean Valjean was more of a tenor and Hugh Jammer is more of a baritone, so it was a slightly deeper, lower voice. So he can't really hit the high notes for some of the bits, which um, hmm. like in the song Bring Him Home. Yes. It's yeah, actually yeah. sung in a much higher key than what is sung in the film because um, Hugh Jammer has a, a, a deep, lower voice than that. But... I thought he acted really well um, in that film. He yeah. uh, he he showed great emotional depth. I think um, Jean Valjean as a character itself had a lot of um, emotional depth for him to play with, um, which he did. Speaking as uh, someone with a lower voice than I normally have, um, I, I I know what he's going through. Uh, yes, that's, that's, I'm also a baritone. Being a baritone is tough, Sujan, because everything is written for either a tenor or a bass, and we find ourselves stuck in the middle. It's, am, am I right though that he's a baritone? It's given that you are one. Um, you? Yes, no, we, we're part of the same baritone club. Um, <laughs> Is there a secret club? Uh, not anymore. I didn't know <laughs> told everyone. Yeah, no, I, I love Lady Mays. Um, he's fantastic in it. He such a, a complex uh, performance. And yeah, his singing, yeah. I'm sure there are thousands of people who are better singers who could have played the role, but I don't know how many people could have played the, the dramatic side of it as well. Exactly, yeah. I agree with that, but... Yeah, so, it was a good character. Yeah, that's, that's gone straight to the top of... That, that is my favourite Hugh Jackman film, definitely. Um, oh. If we're leaving aside X-Men, and probably even if we're not, actually. Uh, what, what else you got? Uh, I have a film that I liked a lot, um, Eddie the Eagle. Yeah, that's good fun. <laughs> that's, that's just good fun. It stars uh, Tyron Edgerton as uh, Eddie. And I didn't know much about Eddie before the film, and but he's like a hero in... Um, British folklore, isn't he? Well, see, the thing is, is Eddie the Eagle, for those, of you, for those of you who don't know, is a former British uh, ski jumper in the Winter Olympics, and he was garbage. He didn't know. He was terrible. Um, the, thing, the, the film kind of made him up to be this kind of hero who triumphed against the odds, and I think he was kind of treated... People were nice to him, like people were kind, but he was pretty much laughed at in a kind... Not in a kind of nasty way, necessarily, but he was kind of a, bit, a bit of a joke, but but a nice joke. He, mm. But he wasn't the kind of hero for... Was not, he not? Well, I mean, he was, he was. I was still very young when that happened, but I, but looking back, he's not kind of, come on, kids, you two can triumph against the odds like Eddie the Eagle. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's kind of... He's the kind of guy who might do an amusing Weetabix advert. That's, that's the kind of, <laughs> kind of level he was at. The, the film seems to imply that he was a hero. It did, and that's what I thought was... So I, I, I thought it was a good fun film. I thought Tarantino was, was, was great in it. Um... But, and Hugh Jackman played his um, Australian ski instructor, didn't he? Yeah. But yeah, the, particularly towards the end, the film was kind of like, you've got to do this, Eddie, or, or everyone's going to laugh at you for the rest of your life. And he's like, well, yeah, that's that's what happened. <laughs> Sorry, man. Um, also, I mean, it's a fun film, but it is exactly Cool Runnings. It's, there are no differences between that film and Cool Runnings. Uh, the Prestige. You've seen The Prestige? I've seen The Prestige. Um, we've spoken about Prestige before, I think. Okay. One of our... What was it? Well, that might be in our 2000, uh, 2006 Yeah, 2006 episode. in film. Yeah, I think I liked it apart from the cloning bit, which just yeah. was... Uh, How uh, many films can you name where, uh, where there's a clone of Hugh Jackman? 
Uh, are there many? Well, there's that one. There's Logan. Uh, Logan. I get Mystique cloned him, I guess, in uh, in at least one or two of the X Men films. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. There you go. Um, Eddie the Eagle, loads of clones, probably. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've talked about prestige. Yeah, the, the cloning was a bit of a cop out, but it's a good film otherwise. Um, mm. Australia, I, I quite enjoyed Australia. Baz Luhrmann film, where he's uh, he's kind of the rough outback guy, and uh, Nicole Kidman is the English lady who uh, Nicole Kidman playing an English lady. Well, I think she, I think she played English. I know she's Australian in a film called Australia, so it's a bit odd. But uh, yeah, I think yeah, from my, my recollection, I enjoyed the film. It's kind of it's not one of Buzz Lemons. It's it's not up there with Romeo and Juliet. Say, so. what's Russell Crowe in it as well? Probably. Uh, <laughs> there are only a handful of Australian actors I know. The Hemsworth brothers were they in it. Um, yep, yeah, they they played horses. Um, <laughs> Eric Banner, he's Australian. I don't think he was in it. Ben Mendelsohn, also Australian. Yeah, it was it was fun. Uh, it was it was kind of typical Baz Luhrmann over over the top in some places. But, um, Keith and Leopold, I saw that was uh, pretty. That's quite uh, one of his earlier films, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the, I think he was. It may even have come out before X Men. It was around the same time. Was that one uh, with Meg Ryan? Uh, Meg Ryan and uh, Liev Schreiber. Oh, but Meg Ryan was relevant. Yeah, poor Meg Ryan. <laughs> you shouldn't have slept with more Australians. Yep, that's that's the lesson there. So he he plays a basically a time traveling guy. Um, so Liev Schreiber's in it, who would later play his brother in uh, X Men Origins. Um, what else you got? Any more? I, I, I have Prisoners. Have you seen Prisoners? No. Yeah, so Prisoners. Um, Hugh Jackman. It stars Hugh Jackman. It stars Jake Gyllenhaal, and and Hugh plays um uh, a father who whose little daughter goes missing one day. Okay. Um, and not to put too many spoilers in it, but they found, um, a man who could have potentially abducted the daughter. Okay. And Hugh was, uh, a bit upset that the police wasn't putting more effort into questioning this man and were releasing him early. So he took matters in his own hands and captured the man himself. Oh, Hugh. This sounds a bit like a law abiding citizen. Again, a film which I've not seen. In fairness, I've not seen it either, but I've, I know the plot. Um, <laughs> okay. Is um, it good? But yeah, I, I thought it was good. Um, I, I don't think it's a great film by any means, but I thought uh, the acting was really good and it's good to see Hugh as, yeah, um, who, who plays a, a little bit obsessive father. Well, I guess he, he, he lost his daughter, so he had to be. That, that seems, seems reasonable to I get. think that's quite reasonable. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was a very different character than what he's usually playing. He's like the, a villain, kind of. Okay. Hmm. So, so, um, so what's your favorite of of, of Hugh Jackman's non X Men films? Is it, is it uh, Les Mis? Or is it yeah, Les Mis is good. Les Mis is really good. Well, there you go. It's one of those rare occasions where we've got a different answer because that's my favorite. Unless it's Logan. Let's go for the non X Men ones to make it easier. Um, <laughs> what's your least favorite? You got a? Uh, I don't think I have a least favorite. I think most of them are pretty good in its own right. I think probably one. Okay. Of, First Wolverine films. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's got to be. Uh, actually, um, the Wolverine, I think, is probably even even worse than X Men Origins. Yeah, the Wolverine. He also plays himself in a in a brief uncredited scene in Night at the Museum Three. I didn't know that, but thank you for that. Yeah, there you go, little fact. Um, next time on Active Factor, we will be doing um, the man that I recently said should play Doc Brown in Back to the Future, uh, Stanley Tucci. Nice, I like Stanley Tucci. Excellent. I think he's great. He is great, isn't he? So mm-hmm. that's what we're doing next time. He's he's probably uh, the possibly the least famous of the actors we've done so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, he he is like you know his brother of law of brother in law of Emily Blunt, isn't he? I did not know that. Does that mean does that mean that he's John Krasinski's brother? Uh, no, because he married Emily Blunt's sister. Yeah, they met go. because they met over the set of uh, the Devil Wears Prada. Huh. Little uh, CDZ exclusive there. Um, <laughs> or Wikipedia. Or Wikipedia. Um, right, time for the quiz. Uh, well, we've had a few draws recently, um, yes. and I have done pretty much no research, so uh, let's see what yes. happens. Okay, so this will this quiz will be on all the Oscar-nominated films of the 2017 Oscars. Was it all? I thought it was just the Best Picture nominees. Oh, the Best Picture nominees, yes. That's the one. For you. <laughs> Shall I start? Go for it. Question one. 
What's the name of the opening number from La La Land? Uh, I have the soundtrack, which I've been listening to quite obsessively. Mm-hmm. Um, Another Day of Sun. Yep, that's correct. Excellent. Great song. I think I, I realised that my favourite songs are the ones that neither Emma Stone nor Ryan Gosling are singing. <laughs> so Another Day of Sun and what else is there? Um, so the, the We Can Start a Fire, which is the John Legend one. That's pretty great. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's um, Audition, which he does sing. That's, that's really uh, good. I like that. That's good as well. Uh, Someone in the Crowd, which she does a little bit, but it's mostly others. I think City of Stars is probably my least favourite I was going to say, yeah. Song. I mean, it, it just won the Oscar. Um, I know. But uh, it might be the... I mean, it's still a great song, but yeah. But it's not my favourite. Uh, speaking of musicians, um, Pharrell Williams was a producer for which of the nominated films? Pharrell Williams was a producer? Oh. Mm. I've, st- ah. I've started with my hard one. That is a really tough one. Um, uh, let me see. I've got a list of films. You've got a list of films? That must be cheating. How is that cheating? It's there are only nine films, Colin. Well, I've not, I've to, not listed them. Oh, I'm going to guess uh, Hidden Figures. Correct. Good work. Yeah. One all. Question two. Arrival is based on the short story, Story, story of Your Life, by which author? Uh, you should what? notice because I mentioned this many times in the podcast. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I did look up one of the uh, the authors and thought, I need to remember that. But I'm pretty sure that was a different one. Um, and I've not made a list of the of the films because that's cheating. Is it Margot Lee Emerton? No, it's Tad Chung. Yeah, okay. I like him case... because his surname is the same as mine. Well, close to it. I must not have been listening any of the times you talked about that. I've... <laughs> I, I've said it many times when we were talking about Arrival I was saying that oh it's based on a very good story which I've read before by Ted Chung yeah no I wasn't listening um, your question too um, which is the only nominated film not to get any acting nominations um, it has to be Arrival it is Arrival good work 2-1 hmm. question 3 so Hacksaw Ridge tells the story of Desmond Doss who was awarded what award for his service for his service during the Battle of Okinawa Oh, that's a good question. Um, he's American, so he's probably awarded the Purple Heart. It's the Medal of Honor. It's oh. the highest honor for any military serviceman. Ouch. Okay, uh, question three. Which nominated film was based on a book called A Long Way Home? A Long Way Home. Okay, I'm going down the list again. So it's not Arrival, it's not La La Land, because that's original screenplay. So... Moonlight doesn't seem gonna, like... Gonna have to hurry, is he? Gonna have to hurry. Why? Why do you need to hurry me? <laughs> There's no reason. Carry, take your time. <laughs> Moonlight, Francis. Francis is based on a play, which I guess is Francis. Uh, Hidden Figures doesn't sound like one. So, High or Hell Water, I've not seen it before. Was it even nominated? I've not seen that before. Dang it, I should have read it up. I'm going to go with High or Hell Water. No, I thought you were going to get that. It's uh, It's Lion. Oh, yes. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, forgot about Lion. Sorry. Uh, question well, d- four. D- d- don't apologize. This, this puts me back in the game. Yeah. Sort of. I think you're still winning 2 1, aren't you? But, uh... Uh, yes. Question four. Manchester by the Sea is located in which US state? Oh, um, I think it is Massachusetts. That's correct. So we're tight. Speaking of uh, US states, in which US state was Fences set? Oh, I knew I should have read that. Read up about that. I'm going to guess something. Let's go for Colorado. Oh, you had a, you had a 1 in 50 chance. And yeah, Pen- exactly. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. So we're tight. We are going to the last question. Question five. So Mahershala Ali. Yes. Who won an Oscar for his role in Moonlight, was also in which other Oscar nominated film of that year? Well, which are the, uh, as in Best Picture nominated or just any yep, Oscar nominated? Best Picture nominee. Well, let me very, very slowly go through all the films. <laughs> um, You've well, seen six of them, I think? Or? Yeah, so let me see. It definitely wasn't La La Land. Um, I don't think it was in Lion. It wasn't in Arrival. He wasn't in Hell or High Water. Um, I don't remember him in Hidden... No, he was in Hidden Figures. I, he was uh, engaged to the, the woman. Hidden Figures. Yep, that's correct. Yeah. Have you seen Hidden Figures? I've not seen it yet. Didn't I give you free tickets to Hidden Figures? Yes, you did. I forgot about it. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, I, ha- I have seen it, and that's how I got it. Okay, in which case, you need this one for the, to Paul Neville. 
Yes. Um, in Manchester by the Sea, mm-hmm. what surname is shared by Casey Affleck's character and the actor who plays his brother? Oh. No. I, I should know who the actor who plays his brother. So I know the, his first name is Lee. Okay. Yeah. Does that help? I mean, it's not. <laughs> It's it's not wrong, I guess, but it's not it's not the question I asked. Uh, <laughs> hold on, hold on. I know uh, Chandler, Carl Chandler. Oh, good work. Yeah, yeah. Carl Chandler, Lee Chandler. It's another draw. Another draw. What a roller coaster! Next time the quiz, I thought we should quiz on uh, King Kong, the various films of King Kong, because uh, the new one is coming out imminently. Sounds good. What are Bye-bye. we doing as our main topic next time, Dijon? We are going to be talking Disney. Yeah. And specifically, why are you sighing, Colin? You've already seen Robin Hood without me. Yep. We're doing Beauty and the Beast. Oh. I can't wait. And you hear this sound, is the excitement. <laughs> so much excitement. Oh. Okay, you're <laughs> you're going to enjoy some very different reactions to that film, I think. Um, <laughs> well, I guess we'll see you next time if I'm not dead. Uh, thanks for listening. Bye.